What's up, Hyperfast Agent Nation? On this episode of the show, we are going to sit down with a power real estate couple in the Northern Virginia, actually all over Virginia area, uh, an amazing husband and wife team, Taylor, who is a big time real estate agent, and Evo, who has started a trucking and site prep company. They've got an amazing story to share. Welcome to the show, Taylor and Evo. Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. All right, welcome to the show, Taylor and Eva. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. Good. awesome. Yeah, I'm super stoked to have have you guys on this episode and talk a little bit about your your real estate business, investing business, all the cool stuff you're doing up in uh, Northern Virginia. Before we jump into some of that, why don't you why don't you tell the listeners, the viewers out there, a little bit about your your background and and how you guys got into what you're doing today. Um, I guess you can start with me. So um, just to kind of keep it short, I worked in the home remodeling industry for about a year. Uh, this was about five years ago. And while I was there, I um, one of my good friends got into real estate and I kind of saw like what he was doing. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's looks like there's so much more freedom in that. And I knew I always wanted to go out on my own and kind of do my own thing. So I had the conversation with Evo and he pushed me. He was like, go get your license, do what you got to do. And uh, go out and, and become a real estate agent. So I did that about four years ago. I want to say started with a group, so got to learn the ropes and things like that. And then while I was doing that, learned about off market investing. And then we were also building Evo's um, trucking and construction business at the time too. So we kind of got to see like all aspects of it. And um, yeah, we just were going full force building both businesses, and we are where we are today. <laughs> That's yeah. short version. Yeah. And, um, obviously me and Taylor are together. She jumped into the real estate uh, part of things. I'm in construction. I do, um, site development. I have one of the largest, uh, fastest growing trucking companies in Northern Virginia, e-trucking and services. We've recently just expanded into site development. So we're doing full site prep, uh, for builders, excavators. Um, we come in and we get clear the land, prepare the land. And we kind of just fell into that by accident. I'm actually a mechanic by default. My I got hurt and then, you know, trying to look for what to do when I'm home bored on, you know, leave, sick leave. And I just started cold calling random people. My dad had one truck and say, Hey, we got a truck. What can I do? And I kind of just started the business. And uh, today we have about 45 employees. Uh, we own over 60 trucks and we run about a hundred, 150 trucks a day and, you know, do full site work. We jumped in, you know, it kind of marries each other because a lot of the clients that I work for in the site development, when we're doing teardowns in Arlington, Taylor might do the listing or, you know, we find the off-market deals and we work with the clients and we both love real estate, you know, very much. And the, and the site development side kind of ties in. So that's kind of how we've fallen into that. Um, and now we're getting heavier into off-market deals and working together in that aspect of the thing. So, and we've been married for four years and together yeah. for 11 since we're 15. So. 
Awesome. Well, you guys are truly a power couple, so it's nice to have you on the show. What, what, um, like, what, what exactly do you do for for trucking and site development? So those are those are pretty broad terms. Just so yeah, people yeah. know like <laughs> what that means. Absolutely. So you know, in the site development world, we're talking about you got to go in there and build a house, or you got to build a building. So you got a, a land with trees and you're the investor, you want to go acquire it and put a building there. So I'm the guy, I'm usually the first point of contact that goes in there. I get it all prepared to clear the land, get the ground to the level or the shape, whatever the client wants or the spec to the engineer. So I'll go in there with the machines, I'll clear all the trees, I'll do the excavation, I'll get it prepared to get all the stuff, either, either if it's staying on site or if it's going off site. I get all that prepared and then I show up with my trucks and I'll haul the trees, the logs, the dirt. Um, most people don't understand. They're like, what, what is trucking? What is dirt? They just think trucking is it's, like... It's basically matchmaking. That's yeah. what we do. <laughs> so that part, what happens is a lot of the sites need to remove because it has excess dirt. Yeah. So I'll then use my machines to load the dirt and I'll match. And that's what Taylor talks about. I'll match make. I'll find other clients that need the dirt and I'll find... Uh, or we we got to take it to the dump. Um, and that's site development on one-on-one. The trucking industry is how I fell into it. So before I never did all the clearing and I just would, I'd have the excavator and he would just show up and say, Hey, Evo, I need a hundred loads out of my site. Can you get it out? Uh, and that's how this business started. And then I said, well, if I can control the full thing, if I can do the full scope of work, my margins are going to go up and I'm also going to be able to have better control of the job site, keep the client happier. Um, so that's how we fell into that. That is trucking, that site development one-on-one, you know, layman's term of what we do. So we pretty much just get that land ready for the building to go in. And then in the trucking industry, we get all the stuff that's in the land out of the land. Gotcha. So you are, uh, you're, you're, you're moving the, the dirt around, giving some people fill dirt. Uh, did you, when you got into site development, did you have to buy like, you know, front loaders, back of yeah. those, more yeah. more stuff? I which, which most people don't understand how expensive, and I, and I didn't understand uh, how expensive uh, machines are, right? I mean, like my dream is like, oh, one day I want to be able to have a Lamborghini. And I, I just, you know, right now we currently have four skid steers, two track loaders, three excavators, and a bunch of odds and end loaders for snow machines, which equivalent to over a million dollars worth of equipment. And people are like, what? <laughs> so equipment is very expensive. So I technically already have my Lamborghini. They're just yellow and- Evo you know. posted something on, I think it was like Instagram story or last week, we bought a boat and he <laughs> panned over to like the excavator and was like this, paid for this yeah it's great like you would never think you know people just look at it as like oh they're a bunch of toys like you know probably not that bad oh my god it's insane how expensive these things can get but it's the investment you have to put towards building your business and yeah yeah and so you are you digging foundations and stormwater management systems and all that kind of stuff now too oh yeah as you know the industry has changed so much. Stormwater management and stormwater mandates have become more important than if you're a developer and you're a builder and you're not taking that into consideration, it could really kill your margins, right? Um, so knowing what counties you're building in and knowing, knowing what areas is, is really crucial. So yeah, I really actually dove really deep into stormwater management because I know that's a niche that's really a need. A lot of people don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do it correctly. So yeah, we'll go in there. We'll dig the foundations. We'll get the dirt out of there. If you need under tech, you know, ADS, stormwater systems, we can do all that bioretention, amended soils. Um, and that stuff that five, 10 years ago, I mean, maybe five years ago, they're still there, but like 
15 years ago, that wasn't a mandate, right? So you could build a house a lot cheaper or build even like a lot, like if you wanted like me, I'm getting ready to buy our yard. Like you could just buy land, clear it and put gravel in it. And you got a storage yard. Like now it costs you 200 grand to build a storm sack system for the runoff and catch. And pretty much all it's doing is they're calculating the rain where that water needs to go and filtrate. So it's kind of crazy that how the, the ecological system has gotten that for the construction aspect. But yeah, so we do all that excavation, stormwater, all that fun stuff. Uh, we also do a little bit, um, we're getting a little bit of, into concrete. We have one crew that will set up just because the, the biggest thing I think, even in any profession, like you want to be a one-stop shop, right? You all, obviously you want to be able to specialize in your niche, um, but the client doesn't want to have to call like you to come do this and then try to schedule with this guy to do that. So if I can tell the client, Hey, look, I can do, from A to Z, and he knows he's got to pick up one call from what we learned, and it helps control the, the schedule, helps create a, control the business, communication. So um, we're, we're creating a concrete crew so we can do a little bit of concrete as well. Which, what areas do you operate in? So we do four main areas, Fairfax County, Loudoun County, Prince William County, and we're going to go into being that our office is in Warrington. We'll do Falk here because it's so close to home, but really we just focus on that, right? Fairfax County, um, loud. No, no Arlington or DC. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we do DC. Yeah. yeah. So DC and down for the site development, that's where we, we go trucking wise. I go from mm-hmm. Richmond to Baltimore because I, I broker a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just have really good connections and I have really good uh, vendors and clients and relationships there that I'll just, I'll set up the deal and I'll broker the deals in those areas. Site development and excavation. We try to stick to DC and down. I've done one job in like, what's it called there? Right off, right outside DC for Washington, uh, Oxen Hill. But we just try to stay close so we can have like the quality. Like I just, I have so many people calling. I want to keep my quality. I think at the end of the day, when you're building a business, I think I heard like the statistics, a lot of business don't go out of business because a lack of business is because a shitty business, right? Like they, people overcommit to so much stuff that they can never do good work. So, you know, knowing what to say no to is just as important to knowing to say yes to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, it's, it's uh, cool to see how fast you've built such a capital intensive business. And, and like you said, people probably, a lot of people probably don't realize how much yeah. all of that machinery costs. Yeah. Like no, you right. basically have, have your Lambo or, or maybe even a small jet. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. It's, it's already, and look, and, and luckily to always watch, I, I'm actually pretty liquid. Like I own out of all of our equipment, we only have notes on three. So some of it's older, some of it we strategically lease to watch what the economy is doing. So we're not going crazy, going balls to the walls and just taking all these notes and taking all this debt. You know, we try to do it with time and knowing what we need to buy and and schedule what's in our budget. Um, So, you know, luckily everything we have pretty much we own. So, which is awesome too. Well, it's, it's cool to see you you building that, you know, alongside, uh, but what, what Taylor's doing in real estate, I'm sure a lot of it really works well together. So how, how is starting the real estate business? Tell us a little bit about, about like, you know, you said you started with a group and then, yeah, which I think is a smart move for a lot of people starting out. And then you, now you've, you've built up your own brand and business. So walk us through uh, that journey a little bit. Yeah, totally. So when I first started in real estate, obviously I knew nothing about it. Like if you had asked me what an earnest money deposit was, I wouldn't have an idea. 
Evo and I bought our first place when we were around mm-hmm. 22. 23? Yeah, 22. Yeah, 21. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so we knew like a little bit, but not enough to fully understand the process and really what goes into it. And so I knew if I was going to get into real estate, I needed to find someone that was great at it, had tons of experience and could you know, teach me very quickly. Um, so I chose a team that did a lot of volume in our area, um, which was amazing. And anyone that asked me like, what do I do? I want to get into real estate. I always say, join a team. Um, the reason being is because trying to figure it out on your own, there's so many different things that you have to learn and it's, it's complicated. It's not just showing properties like HGTV and, you know, walking in and out and it's, it's not easy. Uh, there's contracts, there's, you know, there's lots of legalities, things that you have to know about to get into it. So I think that was the best decision for me. And then I think I just decided, you know, after two, I think it was like two and a half years of being on a team. I knew I could do it on my own. And I had yeah, some the, entrep- the entrepreneur side <laughs> of me is like, all right, you got this shit down pat. Like you're selling four houses a month. You're good. Yeah. Like, let's, let's, let's let the wings fly now. So yeah. So Evo definitely pushed me um, to do that. And obviously gaining that confidence and knowing, okay, now that I, I know the process, I know I can do it on my own. Like I'm going to jump out and start my own thing. And a huge part of that is branding. Like you have to create value and you have to establish that value within your community to have people trust you. Like when you first start in real estate, you don't really have the trust. You don't have the value. You don't have the knowledge. So it helps being on a team where you're given some of that and that credibility Mm -hmm. is already there. Whereas when I went out on my own, like I had already established a book of business. I had referrals, people that I had worked with in the past. So I knew I have the trust now. I have the, you know, people, people believe in me and know and trust in my business so I can do it. Um, and I did, I, I think I made that jump last December. So it's been great. Okay. And what, what, uh, what'd you do in your first year when in terms of volume, all that good stuff? So when I was with the team, I was doing about 25, I think I did 25 deals the last year that I was there, but obviously I was splitting all of my commissions, um, with my broker and with my team lead. So when I left, I was like, okay, I have the opportunity to jump out and do my own thing. I about doubled my volume um, because we were also doing off-market deals too, which opens up a whole nother can of worms because our profits jumped and I was able to do less and focus more on helping Evo with his business. And yeah, it was, it was great. But you were actually able to do more after you yeah, Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Which is... Uh... A credit to you. So a lot of people leave the team or leave a team and, and, you know, they don't have the same lead gen support and right. they get to keep more, but a lot of them end up doing a lot less in volume. So, right. So and I think the reason why I was able to do that too, is because we opened up our horizon to going off market and marketing direct to seller and getting some of these leads where we could share, like, and Eva would come across, you know, sellers that were looking to, you know, sell their property in Arlington or Vienna or wherever. And I just match make just like he's matchmaking and put that deal together without ever having to go on the market. Yeah. Um, so that created a whole nother, whole nother facet I mean, of our business. I think though, too, though, in the beginning there were struggles, right? Oh, yeah. Like I think a lot of times we try to mastermind and try to figure out because obviously when you're in a team, you're just, you're a lot of, you're getting spoon fed leaks, right? You got somebody that's paying all the admin and paying all the, you know, advertising. So for you to marketing figure out the marketing yeah. and like, how do you do that on your own and create, like you said, create your lead gen. So I think like the first couple months was like, you're kind of like Just trying to what? figure it out. Right. Like I had the skill set of, I yeah. knew how to cold call. That was like the one thing that I, I was taught. 
to do pretty well and scripts were like worked well, but then figuring out, okay, I can find a lot of people that way, but I also want to establish a business and create value where people want to come back to me. I'm not just like a one-stop shop. Like we're just going to buy one house with you and it's over after that. I knew I wanted to create something where we together could bring that value. Like, Hey, you're, you know, getting dirt sent to your house. You can also, when you're ready, list your house with me and we'll also help you find your next property. Um, and then if you want to buy an investment property off market, we also can help you with that too. And we're, we're always asking the right question. Like, I can't tell you how many leads I've gotten tailored just from bringing dirt. Like, you know, somebody's like leveling out yeah. their yard and it's just asking the right questions. Like, oh, why, why are you guys bringing dirt? Because I, I always think it's interesting that people want dirt, you know, at their house. And I'm like, what, why, what, do you, what, is, what are you doing? And like, oh, we want to level our yard because, you know, we're probably going to list or we're going to sell our house in a month or two years or whatever. Right. Oh, awesome. Like, and then I straight off the bat, it's, it, they usually think I'm crazy because they're like, you do trucking, but you sell houses. What are you talking about? But I say, look, my wife's a realtor. If you're trying to sell off market. So I know it works too with like me, if I'm working with a builder and I see that they're still putting up properties, like, Hey, my husband's a site developer. Like, why don't you just call him and he can bring you dirt or take your dirt, whatever you need. So there's a lot of like sharing our clients and our leads and things like that, because a lot of times they do go hand in hand. So yeah, we're indirectly in each other's markets. So Evo says he's a real estate agent. And I say that I'm a a dirt broker. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's awesome to hear. Hey, hold that thought. Do you want to get a hundred tips for free from my best selling real estate book, the hyper local, hyper fast real estate agent? If you do go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download 100 of my best tips today. Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download 100 tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. What else are you doing to get to get off markets? And, and how are you, uh, if, if you do get off market leads, how are you getting them sold? Yeah, so it's pretty crazy. When we first started, we tried the whole like bandit signs. We tried like, what else were we doing? So I'd say like not door knocking at one point, like we were doing some crazy stuff. But then once we got like involved with more people in the industry and the off-market business, we have some really great friends that do really well with it. Um, We found that the texting works really well um, and still cold calling too. Like that's something that I think I'll always do. Just got to be careful with texting. There's the right way and a wrong way to do it. And we are not legal advisors, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, no, I think it's the I'm going to mess it up, but like TCPA, something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. It's yeah, you can't you can't really cold auto- automatic. Right. Yes. Yeah. Cold texting. Yeah, it's got to be like in, you, uh, in trouble, potential big big fines. So yeah. watch out yeah. for that if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> do do your own research on how to um, on what's what's right, what's not. Yes. Yeah. But we definitely had success with some of those things. Yeah. Um and honestly, sometimes on market, like we just did one, we actually bought a property at Lake Anna that eventually we'll build on and potentially sell that we got for like 50 cents on the dollar, but it was listed. Um so that I mean, it just it's all about the conversation, finding someone with urgency. That's like the yeah. number one thing is find out what that person is going through and why they're selling. And if they want to sell, why is that? Because as soon as you have that information, like the conversation completely changes. Um, And that's what happened with that that, one. And so we kind of switched to, for people that are listening, we we don't wholesale or try to find off-market properties as hard in Northern Virginia, Mm -hmm. just because it's so competitive and it's so hard. 
there's really no urgency. Like yeah. we went, we went to an appointment in McLean and this lady pulled out her spreadsheet. Well, I didn't go to Taylor one, but she like pulled out a spreadsheet and she's like, well, this is the house that sold next door. And this is the, and she's like, by the way, my house is a tear down. I know. So like 1.1 million. Yeah. So like the people already know. Um, so it, it's just having a relationship with the builders and make sure you're going to get a spread. Um, yeah. So we, we just, being that we're not as experienced in it, we just said, Hey, let's go to a market that's not as aggressive. Yeah. So we chose Southern Virginia to really understand how it works yeah. get it, you know, figure out the logistics, the advertising, because our, our ad spend in Northern Virginia was ridiculous. Crazy. And we weren't, and we were like fighting teeth and nail with a bunch of other people, builders, like you guys. and Build, like, Builders, realtors, other wholesalers. It's like everybody. We would, yeah. We would walk into appointments where there is like already five other people they've met with, which I'm used to as an agent. Like, look, we can offer both ends of it. If you want to list your house, we can do that. Um, but at the end of the day, I think for us, especially with finding like buy and holds, if we're going to start jumping into that too, like it's got to be an area where it makes sense. Um, like that 1% of whatever the purchase price is for the rental. Um, and that's just not really, it doesn't happen as much here. It can, like we've found properties that were buying at 50, 60 cents on the dollar. Um, but it's not typical. Yeah. So how, how, uh, how far South are you guys going with your so real we, estate business now? We, we just closed on one today, actually this morning in Roanoke. Um, and by the way, oh, wow. We paid as much as people usually pay for earnest money deposit for the house. Yeah. We, we just bought this house for $5,000 and it's a legit house. It just needs some rent. I mean, it's, ARV is probably a hundred grand. It's a hundred grand, but it's more feasible as far as, you know, getting, if you want to get borrow money and, and other things, but yeah, we're going as far South. Like we want to still stay in Virginia. We're not doing anything crazy. Yeah. We outside. were, we were looking at like a mobile home park down in Saltville, Virginia, <laughs> which is like yeah. another two hours South of Roanoke. Yeah. So it just, it really depends. And luckily we have, we have people that we know that live in Roanoke, people that we know that live in Richmond that can go and check on the deals and do like inspections and stuff for us. So we can do it like this deal. We did hundred percent virtually. So it yeah. really, and I, I think making alliances for us has been crucial. Yeah. Like we, you know, partnering up with realtors down in the areas that we are in that way. Cause we don't want to drive to fricking Roanoke for every deal or try to figure out. No. So, you know, bringing realtors in and make sure that they're getting well, realtors it. and friends. Yeah. 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 So that, that has been really crucial for us as well. Yeah. So you guys, you guys are expanding your network using virtual and, and that's, that's really allowing you to expand your geographic footprint and, and kind of yeah. open up, uh, find these markets where maybe there's some, uh, you know, they might call it a wedge space or, or uh, white space um, yeah. mm -hmm. where the competition is just not as fierce as a highly populated area. Right. Which doesn't mean that you can't do it here. Like we said, you 100% can, you're just going to have to fight a little harder for it. And for us, like we having our other business that we're yeah. constantly in all the time, like we just don't have that time to like be all in, in this area and really hone in into the North Virginia, just yeah. so competitive at this point. Like we're, we're the biggest competitor for our company in terms of the site development and trucking. So we're like highly focused on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it was a good training for us going the down South, like, mm -hmm. so our ads, because I think we, how much do we blow on ad spend? Like it's like 30 10, grand well, over two months or something like yeah, that. I mean, yeah. I mean, we blew like 10 grand in Northern Virginia and it wasn't, I mean, we did mailers, we did cold call, we did, what else? We did had virtual Facebook, callers. Facebook, yeah, Facebook ads. ads. And we got some decent leads, leads, but they weren't motivated. It was just like, Hey, what builder is going to give us the 
right amount of money. And we didn't, at that time, I didn't have the energy to connect with the builders and say, Hey, I got this deal. So we just said, you know what, it's, it's a little bit outside of our realm right now. But I think eventually once we get our stuff honed mm-hmm. in, we do want to come back to Northern Virginia because now I have a lot more connections due to the excavation side. Yeah. Um, so. Awesome. Well, it's, it's cool to see, you know, what, what can happen when a couple like you guys are working together and, and, and bring different strengths to the table and, you know, it's just awesome to see. And, uh, so, so I want to commend you guys for that. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to do a, uh, a couples round of the, uh, the hyper fast round. Normally this is uh, one person. So this will be, uh, we, but we always wrap, wrap up with a couple questions and, and just some quick answers if you guys are ready. Yeah, cool. Thank you. All right. What uh, is your biggest piece of advice for a new real estate in or new real estate agent uh, and new real estate investor? Um, I think consistency and persistence, like just keep going. Like that's it period. Like there's so many times, especially in my career where I would come home and tell Eva, like I'm done. Like I can't do it. Like I just spent so much money. Like this isn't happening. It's not happening the way it should happen. Just getting super frustrated, but just be persistent and continue to just push, 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 and it will come. It will 100% come back. Yeah. yeah. And then we have a, I'm looking at a post right now that says persistence. Oh. The noun is not giving up until you succeed. So um, that's huge. Persistence is huge. Mm-hmm. For me, I think would be mentorship. Um, that's huge. I knew nothing about real estate. I knew that my dream was to be involved in real estate in some sort of way. And the only way we were able to get to the next level and, um, you know, Taylor got mentorship by going and working at a team and getting coached and getting information. And then we paid, uh, to have a mentor to teach us off market. And then we paid another mentor to teach us off market. So I think getting mentorship either paid or unpaid is what's going to skip those year lag years of you trying to figure it out on your own. Somebody's already been there, done that. Mm-hmm. And then you can pivot and shift some of the things you don't like from them, but it will cut you so much time and so much yeah. money if you just get a mentor and look, you don't have to pay to get a mentor. People usually write $15 books or $20 books. And if you don't have the you $20, too. yeah. And if you don't have the $20 <laughs> books, like freaking, I we were interviewing somebody yesterday and they're like, we would just go to the library. It's free. Yeah. So you but know, now they're closed. So, just yeah, so no, you, can't, you, can't, you can't go to the library, but I'd say what's pivoted my life was mentorship. And I think once you get the free mentorship after that, there's nothing better than paid mentorships. One of the mm-hmm. biggest players, I think I heard it from Ray Dalio. He said, that's kind of French friends you can have are paid friends. So, and not that you're going out to buy your friends, but you're paying to be around high level mm-hmm. uh, mastermind people. So paying for mentorship, definitely worth it. Yeah, no, you got to invest the time and money in yourself to to get time and money. So I agree completely. Uh, next question: What is your biggest piece of advice to an experienced agent, investor, business owner, etc.? I think just constantly like reinventing yourself. Focus on who you are and stay true to that. But never stop learning. Never stop educating. Um, just constantly like learn new things and push forward because if you constantly just stay where you're at, I mean, you're never, you're never going to grow. Yeah. Yeah. To add to that, I think, uh, and I'll add something different, but I think complacency, like right when you become, when you become the top dog, uh, you can become complacent. So I think just not, not staying complacent. Um, but for me, I think, uh, network, 
like networking is so huge. Like mm-hmm. never stop networking, no matter like we talked about, we're always in each other's industry and we're always trying to figure a way what we're talking about. So being super intentional with your conversations, why are you there? Who are you trying to talk to? And, and networking nonstop. Like, you know, you might just be going to the pool to hang out with your kids, but just freaking talk Shake to a stranger. Hand. Like, there's nothing better. I know your parents taught you to like not to talk to strangers, but I think <laughs> the best thing that changed my life, like the biggest contract that I've ever been awarded was I saw a guy pumping gas at the gas station with an EQR sticker on his truck. And I said, Hey man, gas is cheap around here, isn't it? Oh yeah. Duh, blah. Oh dude, look, by the way, I saw your truck. Here's my cars. I do site development. I do trucking. If you ever need help with this. And that just turned out to be over a million dollar contract from just talking to a stranger at a gas pump, networking with him and talking to him. It's super uncomfortable and it sucks, but networking and talking to people, people just like doing business with people. I mean, we'll get to the robots. We're not there yet, but I think (laughs) at the end of the day, it's people talking to people and they just want, even if you're a little bit more expensive, but if you're personal and they like talking to you, they're going to do business. Value, value, value. What's, what's the biggest business mistake you've ever made and and what did you learn from it gosh there are a lot um (laughs) i can go first if you want to think yeah i go so it was the best and the worst mistake not firing fast enough really he it was it's tough because the person was one of my best hires at the time because he was my first hire and he was great but then as you bring people in and you see that person tarnishing their whole company and it's hard because that's a breadwinner it's a money maker for you um, and you're scared to lose the revenue, you figured the shit out on your own before, right? And I think we got to go back to our core and trust ourselves. But if I would have fired sooner, I would have just not had as many issues backlog from keeping him on so long and tarnishing the whole environment and the morale of the team. So that was super crucial for me is, you know, when you bring somebody, like we hear it in every freaking book, hire slow, fire fast. Like I know we hear that over and over, uh, and it's hard for us to kind of wrap around like, hey, just let him go because he makes you money. But, you know, let go. And when you see if it, it's in your gut, let him do go. it. <laughs> I think for me, it's silver platter syndrome. Like you always think the grass is greener somewhere else along the mm. line. It's happened to me multiple times where I, you know, I'm doing well and I get bought into something. And then I'm like, that's got to be it. Like, that's my answer it's never easy. Like if I could just stress that business is never easy. It's going to be hard. You're going to have a lot of paths to cross through a lot of ups and downs, but just stay focused and stay in your lane and go forward. Um, because if you're constantly distracted by what's around you and you think it's going to be easy at any point, it's not. Um, Yeah, no, those are both, both great points. Like it, it definitely does usually get, get, get harder just because of the size of your problems grows yeah. but the the more you push yourself the the bigger your capacity grows to to handle them so sure. uh, yeah. that, that's that's a great point as, as well as waiting too long to fire everybody everybody thinks that they can you know be the the, the god or savior and you know if someone's a, a bad choice like you're, you're not going to be able to save them <laughs> like they're just yeah. they just you know your gut is almost always right so mm-hmm. Got to push the pride aside and, uh, and, and move on. Last question on, on the hyperfast round. Where do you see yourself uh, or yourselves, I should say, in five years? 
my gosh. <laughs> so we've done a lot of like those exercises where we map out where we're going to be in five years, 10 years, what have you. We actually did one recently where you list 300 things you want to accomplish in your lifetime. Super, super detailed. But Pretty I hard think, to do, by the way. Most people yeah. think it's easy, but it's super hard to do. Um, but I think in five years, we've talked about, you know, we just want our business to mesh even more. Uh, we want to grow to obviously become the biggest site developers, um, real estate investors, um, truckers in the Northern Virginia area. We're well on our way to that, but really taking that and pushing it to another level and also getting involved a lot more heavily um, in multifamily. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, for me, we, I, I always try to attach certain things to monetary and, and track that and know, but we talk about 10 years, we would like to be at hundred million and people think that's a crazy number, but uh, we're doing about 12 million a year. We, we shot for 20 million this year. COVID just punched us right in, in the face. But um, I think five years, I, I'd like to try to reach for 50 million and I think it's doable. Um, we've brought in some really key players. Um, so do, do 50 million as a, as a site developer. And I think for me, it's not, Obviously, the monetary is there, but we really like empowering people. So we do want to speak more uh, on public yeah. stages. We want to empower and be able to help people get to the next level. Um, so whatever that looks like, we don't know exactly, but being able to empower others to show them that anything in life is possible, mm -hmm. that's part of our plan. And then just be the best husband, father, whatever at that point. Hopefully, Whoa. we will have kids. <laughs> <laughs> In, in five years, I know Taylor. I don't know if that's on my five Taylor's years. Taylor's the anti-baby. <laughs> Taylor is then like a no kid. Well, she's she's got a much bigger say in it than he is. So. <laughs> I know, I know. So we have a lot. We have a lot to do in the next five years. Yeah, I mean, so I if think that we, happens. It happens. No, no, we get, we'll have kids in three <laughs> max three years. Mark, mark this. Mark this podcast. Max three years, but. Um, but yeah, so, but also not be the best business owner um, and leader, but the best husband and the best father. Cause I think a lot of people and a lot of times we get so wrapped up in our monetary goal that we forget that we have to be great husbands. We forget that we have to be, and trust me, it, it's hard, uh, you know, at both sides, but I want to be the best all around. Like, I don't want to just be the best leader and be a shit husband and, you know, have people saying whatever they say about, you know, my marriage. So uh, all around. And be healthy. Yeah. I gave, I gave up gluten. So pray for me. All right. Well, I, uh, I, I agree with all that. Like you got, you can't sacrifice one area in life yeah. for the others. It's, it's important to, to, to excel at all of it. If you really want to live your best life. So thanks for being on the show guys, before we sign off, what's the best way for people to connect with you guys? So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, um, and we have our podcast too. It's called Taylor and Evo made for more. Um, and then you can just search our names, Taylor Pereira, Evo Pereira on Facebook and Instagram and you'll find us yeah. um, and Twitter too. Yeah. I'm not on my Twitter game. I need to get on my Twitter game, but uh, for uh, Instagram for me, it's Brazilian entrepreneur, oh, yeah. uh, Evo Pereira on Facebook. Best way to reach out to me is probably going to be through Facebook. And um, yeah, I mean, we'd love to connect. Anybody has anything and check out our podcast yeah. for sure. Thanks so much for having us, Dan. It's, yeah, it was awesome. It was an honor and a pleasure to be on with you. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks, thanks, guys. And I'm, I'm sure all the listeners out there enjoyed hearing from this power real estate couple. And, you know, we can't wait to have you guys back on again. But thank you, everyone else, for tuning in. Thanks, Dan. Awesome. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. We 
reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, so give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.